0: Hey everyone, thank you for tuning into the Off the Wall podcast. This week we are grateful to have Professor Dick on the show. Our conversation with him was so great that we had to make the show a two part episode. You are now listening to part one. I hope you enjoy.
1: money what's up everybody thank you for tuning in to the off the wall podcast as always my name is andrew george and i'm here with my co-host mike smith how we feeling mike
0: i'm doing great andrew how are you i'm chilling (laughs) um so we actually have a special guest today on our show it's our own professor dick he is our first returning guest so far uh first off i want to thank you professor dick for taking the time out of your day to join us how are you doing on this lovely wednesday afternoon
2: well you know i'm doing great actually i spent the morning um uh proctoring two final exams and i thought today was supposed to be a cold damp miserable day and lo and behold i popped outside and the sun's out uh, the birds are chirping and um it's at least 45 degrees out so i mean it's beautiful
1: you're gonna walk you gonna walk charlie
2: yeah i think after we're done here i, I may i may take him to co lake for a little bonus uh walking time um before it looks like it's probably gonna get colder tomorrow but um uh you know I, i'll take any time i can get when the sun's out
1: yeah honestly
0: <laughs> yeah that's awesome 45 degrees isn't bad in may either uh, at least yeah. in the cleveland area
2: <laughs> I, I will take it as long as it's not raining or snowing i'm
0: fine yeah honestly <laughs> for sure but, uh, so we'll hop into our first question we have for you here, um and we know that you've lived on b w s campus for a long time. uh you're in the same house, if I'm not mistaken, that you were as a college student, um and of course, you're a faculty member uh, now at baldwin wallace University, so we want to ask you what is your favorite place on campus and why
2: um you, you know, when I looked at this question when you guys uh, sent it over to me i I've got to break it down. You know, I have been on campus since 1990. I moved here. Um, I wouldn't even say fall 1990 at that point we were on quarter. So we actually got here. It was uh, almost the end of July, beginning of August. We were here relatively early for football. And, um, I stepped foot on campus back then and I have not stepped foot off campus since, um, less, uh, there was about a two year period of time where I was in a, uh, uh an apartment on Sheldon road, uh, Um, in between dorms and and moving into my house here on campus but uh, so for me I can't I I know this is going to sound terrible because you're asking for one place but I can't pin down one specific place I mean obviously I as a student I lived in North Hall Uh, as a result I spent a lot of time in the North Quad so there's a ton of memories there Um, just um, you, you know and I feel bad for our current students Um, Not even just because of the COVID, I mean, even before that, I felt bad for y'all because, um, you know, when we were on quarters, we were here into June. So we had several weeks on campus where the weather was nice. And I felt like those weeks were very important in building, um, you know, our community as far as just getting to know people a little bit better. um, Getting out and being able to do things, um, you know, activities with folks. I feel like now we're shuttered most of the year. I mean, you have a couple of great weeks when the school year starts and and, and hopefully you have one or two weeks at the end of the semester um, where the weather's good enough that people could get out. But, you know, when I think about this semester, um, yeah, sure, we were off campus because of COVID, but had we been on campus, I mean, the weather has been rather terrible Um, anyhow. So I don't know how much interaction we would have had. But anyhow, getting back to the question, as, as I already were, were five minutes into this and I've already gone off on a tangent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> North Hall and North Quad for me, as far as just the memories as a student, I, no comparison. It's the one place on campus that I just I just pine for those times at times because it was just such a, a great time in my life. I uh, lived in a dorm with some really amazing people. Um, built some really just lifelong, you know, relationships uh, with folks that I, I, you know, I talk to them on a regular basis even today. So that would be my number one, you know, let's say that's 1A. Uh, 1B is obviously the student union. I I still to this day spend a lot of time in the student union. I think it's a great place for everyone to just gather, get together talk to one another. And of course there's food. So, um, oh, yeah, yeah so, so that's a, uh, that's a <laughs> bonus. It's a bonus too. Um, and then the last one for me, if I had to rank all the buildings on campus, um, the one, at least for me, that's far and above any other building on campus is Martin Hall. Um, the architecture of that building is always just, uh, it's always been a thing for me. I, have always loved that building. Um, as someone undergraduate, I spent a lot of time in there because, uh, I was an education major with an emphasis on history. So I, I spent a ton of time in there class wise, but, um, also fun fact for me, I actually, um, uh, proposed to my ex-wife, uh, you know, um, at the uh, top of Martin Hall in the bell tower. So, um, for me, and, and it's crazy because I can actually sit in my the front room on my house. If The window's open. I can actually see that tower, and it's always, like I said, that ton of memories in there. Just you know, classes, um, a lot of anxiety in there as I, I, I approached my senior year and um, was getting into some of my 300-level history classes. I know there was a, a lot of cramming and studying going on in there, and it, it's just one of those buildings. Like I said, I've always. I've always loved that building. Um, so, you know, I guess I'm giving you three things, uh, you, you know, North Hall, North Quad, um, Student Union, and and Marding. Um, and of course, as a professor, those things have all changed for me now. I mean, we're building a ton of memories, um, you know, in the rec center for my first three years teaching. And certainly now I think Cam Hall, I, I've, I've really had some good experiences in there. So I'm sure as I get older, um, my thoughts will shift. But um, as of right now, I would have to say those are my three.
1: Um, uh, Mike, I have a quick question is North quad where we, uh, threw up stuff and like we, we hit it with baseball bats.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, um, <laughs> so first off, I love Martin Hall too, cause I've had several classes in there so far. Um, I just think it's a beautiful building, like you said, with the architecture and everything like that. Um, But when you mentioned North Quad, I kind of laughed because um, so Andrew and I do a stress reliever at the end of each semester um, and we buy, I'll use however many meal swipes I have left for that last uh, week or so, and then some flex dollars too. And we just buy different things at um, Buzzy's from the store there from Ruth. And we took a wooden baseball bat. We go to North quad and we just throw stuff up in the air and break stuff uh, with a baseball bat. And that's our stress reliever. It's pretty awesome. I miss yeah, yeah, it sounds like a hoot. <laughs> but,
2: um, yeah. I've never, I, I can honestly say I've never done that before, um, but it sounds like that would be a good time. I, although I will say, uh, very similar when I was a student, we had two things in our dorm. Um, we had a water balloon slingshot, um, which was awesome. And we would use that around this time of year or into June when people would lay out, that was a big thing. You would go out North quad after your, you know, one o'clock class was over. And there would be literally a hundred students just laying out on blankets, getting a suntan. I mean, it was, it was like, it was a (laughs) beach without a beach and water, but, uh, so we would wait till everybody would lay out. We get on the roof of, uh, of north uh the, there's like a canopy over the uh, uh, behind the hall in the back you could access it through the bathroom windows on the second floor but we would get up on that roof and shoot water balloons uh you know at uh, at people that were uh, out on the uh, north quad sunning and um a lot a lot of memories very similar um and then we used to uh, you know it was funny dr maliki um who's you know just one of the all-time greats in the history of this this school he he lived in the house that President Helmer is currently in. And uh, right now there's there's parking between President Helmer's house and North Hall. Now, when we were students, there wasn't parking there. That was a strip of grass. And we would, um, we would late night, most especially in the spring, uh, we would get to the point where um, we were at a certain level of happiness. And we would um, bring out a slip and slide. That uh, we had this huge, I mean, this thing was huge. It was probably 60 foot uh, slip and slide. And we would, uh, I believe we were actually using Dr. Maliki's hose from his house to uh, to water the thing down. But uh, we would slip and slide there at like two, three o'clock in the morning. And I, I remember several times uh, just seeing him looking out the window like, what is going on at three in the morning? And then I think once he saw what was going on, he would just turn the light up and go back to bed and you know. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so a lot of shenanigans, late late night shenanigans uh, in that North Quad and, and and like I said, that area it's good good times.
1: I'm really glad you uh, three, you uh, shouted out the Union as one of your other favorite spots because that's actually uh well, my my number one favorite spot has got to be the cyber, um, totally. which for those of you that don't go to BW and are listening, uh, that's the basement of the Union, and so I know Mike. This is definitely one of his favorites, even if he doesn't say it on today's episode, because we, we have spent hours upon hours in the same spot by the TVs, just with our headphones in, just cranking out homework, going to Buzzy's, grabbing a, grabbing a sandwich, and then just like s- claiming our spot and just sitting there for hours. So that's definitely um, that's definitely my like favorite spot. And then I want to throw out an honorable mention that I don't think many people know about. It's um so... It's in the, it's in the Ritter library and it's on the second floor and it's in the back left corner and it's like this little pod area that's really like enclosed and it has a cushioned chair and a built-in desk and I found it during my freshman year of English and so uh, I don't think anyone knew about it uh, (laughs) except for me, but now uh, everyone who's listening and now you guys know about it, so I've shared my blessing.
2: Well, it, you know, uh, the funny thing with the basement of the Union, uh, so when I got there as a student in 1990, um, from what I've been told, I missed the fact that, that there was a actual bar um, downstairs there, but when I when I was there as a student from 1990 to, I think, 92, there was a bowling alley down there, and I believe the bowling alley is still there. I think it's the, uh, what are they, the quarry rooms, those, the meeting rooms that are, that are back there, they actually built those on top of the bowling alley. So for what what I've been told and what I understand, the floor for the bowling alley is still there. It's underneath the meeting rooms
1: wow. there,
2: in there. So, yeah, there was a little, I think it was like maybe a four or six-lane bowling alley. And, um, you know, people would go down there. And uh, we actually had bowling class was there for uh, my freshman year and, and and I think into my sophomore year.
1: We should go there with like shovels and then just um, dig it out, bring it back.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna say, we need to tear those meeting rooms apart. I did not know that they had
2: a bar and a bowling alley there. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it made made life a lot easier with you know, as far as stress relief. You know, you just grab a pair of shoes and uh, go bowl a couple, uh, couple frames in between classes. I mean, it was a good deal.
1: That'd be so much fun. Damn. Would be, why would they
0: put meeting rooms there? Those aren't productive, anyways.
1: Yeah, come on. No, I've yeah. never
0: been. I I can honestly say
2: I've never been to a good meeting, uh, in my whole entire time.
0: What okay. <laughs> oh, a! Uh, it's funny that you mentioned the cyber entry because that's actually what I went with as my favorite place on campus too, um, for a lot of the same reasons that you mentioned. I mean, I know you and I have spent hours there doing homework and other stuff i know one of my favorite things to do is whenever we take um my xbox and we just hook it up to one of the tvs there and just start playing 2k while everyone else is studying around us (laughs) Um, (laughs) that's pretty funny too i also just think there's some hilarious people in the cyber because you you really get like the different groups of people that are on campus like that's the one place where i feel like everyone convenes um, so it's just interesting to see different people. I mean, I know they've had people from the con come over and play the piano and they're actually really impressive, but I've just heard some really funny stuff in the cyber too, that, um, I won't repeat on this podcast. Um, <laughs> that's for another time, but, uh, there are some great people there. So that's a lot of the reason I put the cyber as my number one.
1: What about the, uh, the, uh, we got to shout out the, uh, six mile long, uh, sushi line every time it's sushi night. <laughs> Kids have never seen uh, sushi before <laughs> until Wait, they've come to.
2: The sushi night was so successful that they decided to destroy it by changing the times on it. And then <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> too successful, I guess. But uh.
1: I remember. Uh, I think it was our, earlier this uh, earlier this semester when we were still on campus. There was a uh, there was a kid in Lion and uh, he was all the way at the back of the line. And then the lady rolling the sushi yell, like announced, like they're out of cucumber rolls. And this guy just dropped an f bomb and just screamed <laughs> frustration. That's that's one of my favorite memories.
2: <laughs> well, that's that's one of the things I've been doing over the uh, the course of the COVID uh, quarantine is uh I have we're we're only on our second session. Last Thursday was our second session. I think we're gonna attempt make an attempt again this Thursday. But I've been I've been attempting to learn how to roll sushi and um don't want to brag but we're getting pretty good at it um <laughs> it's, uh, so once i get it mastered i may be doing my own sushi night at uh, 130 beach
1: what's your uh, what's your go-to role you think
2: i i go crazy with mine i i mean i i we tried a tempura uh shrimp um in in you know that's a tough one to navigate i i usually stick with just you know crab stick just basic stuff. I I, I do, uh, you know, crab, carrot, cucumber. Uh, we'll go with a little bit of cream cheese. Um, I have been adding jalapeno, um, which is, um, you don't get that often, but, but it does. I find it adds a little zing. Um, but I, I don't go too crazy. It's usually just a standard crab roll, um, you, you know, just for now. I, I don't want to get too elaborate until I get the rolling down, and then we'll probably start getting nuts from there.
1: yeah well once uh once corona corona's over we'll uh we'll have to move mike's birthday party next year from olive garden to your house for some there we go that works (laughs) but uh i don't know speaking of since we don't really know when Corona's gonna end and everything that's going on uh we're we're wondering where's the first place you you think you're gonna go once everything is back to normal or really just as close back to normal we don't really know what what that's gonna look like but where do you think you're gonna want to go
2: well, you know, this one's the, I mean, obviously the first place I'm going is, is uh, since I'm on here with you guys, will be Wahlburgers. We, we've talked about it. Um, we talked about it at, at length before we got to uh, quarantine. And um, I feel like that's something that's on our, our list that we got to check off. Um, I also, I think I have five breweries left on my Northeast Ohio brewery passport um, so I want to make sure as soon as this thing's lifted that I race to get those five so I can complete my passport book. But um, the one place I miss, I, you know, there's a lot of place. Campus Grill, um, they haven't been open throughout this whole quarantine, even for carryout, So that's been tough. Um, and and I just love Mike's Bar and Grill. I mean, that's my go-to spot. It's right here in my neighborhood. Um, I probably, I mean, there's weeks where I, I eat there at least three, four times a week. I mean, there's been twice I've had occasions where I actually ate breakfast, lunch and dinner there. Um, so <laughs> I, I'm there a lot. So I, I miss that, but you know, I'll be honest with you. Um, I, the beauty of the quarantine has been, I, we have done a lot of cooking here, um, at the house and, um, we've, we've created a couple dishes, I think that are, um, we, we definitely enjoy as a family. I know last night the kids uh, made one. We've been taking, uh, we were going to make Brussels sprouts one night, you know, on, on, a pan, <clears throat> on a pan and bake them with just a little bit, a bit of balsamic glaze on it. And we went, uh, decided to go next level and we wrapped them in bacon. And uh, that's been kind of our go-to kind of side snack is uh, bacon-wrapped ba- Brussels sprouts with a little, uh, you know, you put a little olive oil, salt on them and some balsamic um, glaze and uh, they're mm-hmm. phenomenal. So I, I mean, for me, probably, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. Once this thing gets lifted, I'll probably s- stick to going out less um, because two things have really happened over the last eight weeks. I've saved a ton of money because I find uh, I'm finding out that I was going out a lot. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I think the, are the quality time with just family and and even when this is lifted, inviting friends over, I think the quality time with family and friends it's a lot better when you're eating at home than it is at a restaurant. I mean, because when I'm preparing meals now, I mean, you've got the whole, you've got that time, right? Like you, you, you get to work together with the people that you're eating with, to prepare the meal, put stuff in the oven, have a couple drinks while you're waiting for stuff to come out. And then, you know, you eat. Um, it just, I, I think that time is a, a, a better spent and it's more quality time when you just stay home. So to be honest with you, I mean, there's a couple places I'll miss, but I I'll probably stay home, um, eat, you know, and eat a little bit more. I mean, that's my plan for this summer. I've got a a smoker that uh, I really haven't used a ton, but my plan is to pick one day a week where I'm just, I know, like, I don't know if it's going to be smoker Thursday or whatever, but, uh, I, I want to get on a regular schedule where, um, you know, we're we're doing things like that as a family, and and inviting friends in, and um, I don't know. So that's the plan. We'll see. Who knows? They might lift this thing, and I'll be at Mike's twenty days in a row. I don't. I don't know. But, um, but, but uh, you know, definitely we're, we're checking Wahlburgers off the list. So
1: oh, yeah. you're making me like super, super hungry right now, partly because I haven't had lunch, but also you just named so much food. Well, yeah, no, well, hey,
2: I'm in the same boat. I haven't eaten yet myself. And, and uh, I, I was just thinking, uh, you know, one of the places I know you guys are good with is Barrio. And, um, you know, I, I, I do miss that because I can make, you know, I'll make tacos here. But there's no way I'm making tacos that come anywhere close to to what they've got at Barrio, and and um, and so yeah, that's probably Barrio. You could throw that one on the list too. That's probably a spot we'll hit.
1: I'm literally squeezing my uh, squeezing my tummy right now, so it doesn't rumble and cut into the audio. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Mike, what about you? Where are you gonna go?
0: Well, it is funny that you mentioned Barrio because that is top my list. Um, I have right now a gift card that still so needs to be used there, and. I think uh, I haven't been there, obviously, since this quarantine thing hit, which is probably the longest I've gone in between trips to Barrio since I started going frequently. Um, So I'm yearning for some really good tacos and chips and salsa. Um, But I also have another one on my list, too, which is Nelson's Ledges, um, and that's in Garrettsville, Ohio. I don't know if either of you have been there, but it's one of the most unique places, I think, in Ohio for a couple reasons. Um, But so what it is, is it's split off into a state park and then a privately owned park. So last time I went there with my friends, what we did was we went to the state park first, which is obviously free to get into. And it's essentially just a walking trail, but it has uh, caves and stuff. And one, I believe, is known as the Devil's Cave or something like that. But they're really cool to walk into because they get super cold when you're in there. Uh, They're icebox caves. Um, And the one that I I went there a lot as a kid, but I went there for the first time in years last summer. And there's this one cave that you have to kind of like crawl under a rock and then walk down this really um, sketchy ladder to like get into it. Um, And then you can hop over to the other side where there's like kind of a pasture of grass and then another cave where the light shines in like perfectly. And it's sweet because I had never been there before. And I really want to go back there. But then afterwards, we went to the private park, which is so bizarre because I kid you not, it's just a hippieville. Like I don't know how to describe it other than that. Um, like it's there are a ton of people dressed up in tie dye. Um, you know they have, they have the John Lennon sunglasses on, stuff like that. There's really no rules there. I came to notice because like we went cliff diving and stuff, and you just have to sign a waiver. So basically, if you die, your family can't sue them. But other than that, there's no like rules or anything there but it was just a crazy fun time and something that was really cool to experience and it seems like a lot of people will bring rvs or campers and you can rent out a spot for the summer so you can just go whenever you'd like i think it would be cool honestly just to spend a week there and chill um in the woods with the lake and stuff like that but i definitely want to hit that up once the weather gets nice and the quarantine's been lifted
1: how far from campus do you think that is
0: Campus, I think – so from here, because I'm in Canton, it's about an hour and a half. I think it's closer from campus. I think it might be only about 45 minutes to an hour. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's somewhat close to Youngstown. Like, it's northeast Ohio, so it's southeast of Cleveland, I think. I'd have to double-check on that. Yeah, or it might be southwest. I think it's about <laughs> 45 minutes from
2: here. I, I've never been there, but I've, I've – um... I've heard about it.
1: Yeah, same here. That's somewhere I've always. Been. I have a lot of friends that have go uh, cliff diving. there like cliff jumping there. Um, obviously into the water. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, that's somewhere I always wanted to go. But, uh, I guess looking at my list that I that I got is um the first one that's definitely the top of my list is I'm gonna go to the closest basketball court I can find that's open, uh because I miss hooping so much like more than anything especially with the Jordan Dock. Every time I watch it, um, or I watch like highlights on Sports Center basketball, I just want to play just so much. It's like my kind of like my sol- my solace. Um, and then we actually had a virus—no, not a virus—that <laughs> we had a group chat going before the virus. <laughs> um, that for BW students uh, that like to hoop, and we were getting consistent games of like five on five and everything. And Professor Dick even started to come to some of them, and it was just—I don't know—it was a really good time because there's a lot of kids that on campus that really want to play, but don't know when people go up and stuff so we had a nice little group chat going so i want to give back to that um number two on my list is barrio uh very much for the same reasons that mike mentioned uh we were going upwards of like once a week or once every other week and uh i'm really taco deprived and um what i would do right now for that complimentary chips and salsa and i remember professor dick and i we had the uh what was the candied bacon guac last Uh. time yeah. Oh my god the the little there's little cut up green apples mixed with the guac. Oh my gosh, it was like the best thing I ever had. Um, and then the third place I'm gonna go is Dave and Buster's because uh I've been <laughs> I've been saving up tickets since my birthday party when I turned eight years old, uh and I currently stand at about thirteen thousand, uh so yeah Big Boss Man's got to get back to uh get back to his place. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What can you buy with 13,000 tickets? Is that in like that upper echelon? So, like, stuff you can get there.
1: It's a weird, like, the gift, kind of like the gift shop there is kind of weird because they have stuff as cheap as like 25 tickets where it's like candy and like little things you buy at the dollar store. But then, with like in the 13,000 range, you can get, um, like a pretty sizable, uh, I don't know if you know what like squishmallows are, but they're like giant stuffed animals. You can get like stuff like that, um, Stuff like different mugs and pretty quality, pretty quality things. But then in like the hundred thousand category, um, which I don't think anyone has ever—I I mean, I don't know anyone that's ever gotten that. But they sell like PlayStations and Xboxes. But I'm pretty sure to get in the hundred thousands, you would be spending more money than actually just going to GameStop and, um, <laughs> and buying one of the systems. Mm-hmm.
0: I know when I went there, I only went there once, uh, but I got I, I had enough tickets for a shot glass and then uh, a mood ring that I don't think works right. <laughs> 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 it's been purple for the last uh, several months, so I don't think it works right. I don't know what purple That's, means either. Oh, but I'm I'm was
1: you, I was going to ask you what purple means. <laughs> what I was going to ask, yeah, like what does what does purple mean? Because it's pretty Cannot important. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh, I guess to transition a little bit here, uh, I know for you, Andrew, your immediate family means a ton to you. Um, and I know for you, Professor Dick, your kids obviously mean a lot to you. And I guess I'll gear this question towards you first. Um, but what is family to you, or I guess that concept for you, and what does it mean to you?
2: Well, I mean, you know, once again, I hate to break each one of your questions down into multiple, uh, you know, ants, but I mean, for me, obviously my family, my immediate family, um, I mean, as you said, it's the most important thing for me is just, uh, you, you know, my kids first and foremost, um, you know, everything I do in my life, I, it runs through the filter of, um, how is this going to affect my kids? Um, and that doesn't, it doesn't matter what it is that I'm doing that that's always the number one thing I'm thinking of. And then, you know, my, my parents, uh, you know, my mom and dad are still with us. Um, you know, they, they live out in Amherst and, uh, I've, I've got a uh, older sister who actually lives across the street from my parents in Amherst. Um, and then a uh, younger sister lives in, uh, uh, on the edge of Lakewood in Cleveland. Um, and then my brother lives in Texas. I mean, that, that they're all important to me. I mean, I was very fortunate in the fact that um, my family was really, really close. Um, not just brothers, sisters, but uh, aunts, uncles, they all live in the area. Um, the only family that I have outside of the area is, uh, you know, my i have uh, aunt and uncle that moved out to Colorado. But even with them, when we were kids, every year we would go out for, you know, a couple weeks and visit them. Um, so family's always been important to me as far as you know, staying in touch with people, um, you know, being, uh, willing to, you know, help family out if they need help. Um, but you know, for me that, that concept, that family concept is spilled into just about everything that I've done in my, in my life. I mean, when I look at just my friends from high school, I still, I still meet with, you know, kids I went to kindergarten with on a regular basis. We get together, um, you know, all the time. And, um, you know, even in war at, you know, with work, I've worked with so many people during my time with the Browns and, and I consider those people family. I mean, I still, when, uh, you know, folks need something or I hear they're in trouble or whatever, I'll reach out, um, and just see if there's anything I can do. Um, I, you know, you know, it's, I feel like anytime you're doing anything that's worthwhile and i would hope that you know when you get employed and you're in a job that that's something you know you're doing something that you deem worthwhile um that that you would take the time to um you know make the people that you're working with part of your your family quote unquote i mean uh, i i treat students same way i mean um you know just in the short time i've been at bw I mean, I've always felt that was the, the one advantage that BW had over other schools is there was that sense of community that that is is almost so strong that it becomes a family bond. And, and I know I see that in our program and other programs on campus. I mean, some of our students, um, you, you know, I've talked to some of our students, they'll even tell you some of our students are probably closer with some of their classmates than they may be with their own actual family members. So um, you know, that's a unique thing. Um, I think to, to BW. So it's, it's another reason why I think a lot of people gravitate to a school like BW, but I, I also think it's, it's something that, um, is important. Once again, I'll reiterate that it's, it's important for everything and anything you do in your daily life is to develop meaningful relationships with the people that are around you and, and, and make those real, not, not just you know, I want to get to know somebody long enough to get to where I need to be. And then we, you know, you just totally forget about everybody that helped you get to where you're at. Um, I, I mean, lifelong relationships, like I said, you know, for kindergarten, I'm, I just turned 48 this year. So, I mean, we're talking 43 years. Um, I've had a solid relationship with the kids that I met in kindergarten, you, you know, and for a lot of them, um, like I said, I, I I think they just, they appreciate the fact that I've, you know, I've taken the time to keep them in my life, uh, in my life. And, and I think it's been beneficial for all of us. I mean, it's just a, a good thing. So, I don't know, for me, like I said, family means everything. And I, and I tell it to students, and I'm probably revealing something here that may be used against me. But, I, you know, I'll have students that'll say, <laughs> hey, something came up. Um, you know, with my mom, dad, aunt, uncle, whatever, um, is it okay if I miss class? And I, uh, my number one answer is always, and it will always be, um, you know, family comes first. Like if you've got something going on with your family, there's no way in hell that I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, you know, force you to come to my class. you got to put your family first. And, and I tell people too, when you're taking a job, make sure you're taking a job with a company that, that values family, that values your family. Um, because that's one of the, one of my biggest regrets. And I I don't, I hate to use the word regret because, you know, it was, it was necessary for me to do, to build my career. But I think if I could have one, one take back or, you know, whatever, one do over, whatever hell you want to call it, it would, it would be that I would have made more of an effort to spend even more time with my kids when they were younger, when I was working for the Browns, um, simply because I, I mean, and it's one of those things, I, I'm not going to beat myself up over it because you're so hyper-focused on the goal, which the goal every year, and it's going to sound funny because of who I work for, but and the goal every year was to win a Super Bowl, right? So, you know, it, I, when I look back and I look at just how awful we were for the 21 year stretch I was there, you know, it might, may seem a little hilarious. But yeah, every year I went into that, I went into the season like, this is it, man. This is going to be the year we're going to do it. What do I have to do on my end to make sure that my stuff is, is Super Bowl quality? Because I've always felt, you know, if you're going to be a Super Bowl quality franchise, it's got to be from the bottom up. Um, you, you, everything's got to run right. Um, but I did that while kind of, you know, putting my family second a lot of times. And, um, you know, there were times I talk about in class all the time where you're working 80 to 100 hours a week. It's just unfair, especially in the summertime when my my wife at the time was a teacher. Um, so she was off all summer and my kids, obviously, they were off all summer. And, you know, I didn't really think about it when I was in the moment. But, I mean, the whole entire day they were they're waiting for me to get home. And there were some times where I left before they got up. And uh, there were times where I got home so late that, um, you know, oftentimes my kids were already in bed. So, um, like I said, I, I'm not going to beat myself up over it because I was trying to build a career and and the fact that I was able to build a career, it, it has opened up opportunities for my kids and myself. So, I, I mean, that, you know, that's a reality. Um, but I would say I, I, I could have made more or and I should have made more of an effort um, to just make sure I was managing my time properly. Cause you know, that's the thing when, when I was working, I I love work. Like I, I get, I, it's probably one of my biggest faults is I get addicted to whatever I'm doing and, and it becomes all consuming. And, um, you know, it's funny. I used to, I used to just not really make fun of, but I used to question sometimes whether or not people really wanted to work their job because they would, they would leave and go home. And I'm like, man, I mean, you know, there's work to do. And, uh, I've, as I've gotten older, I've realized that, Hey, uh, there's always tomorrow. So if you don't get everything done today, while, while it, it isn't ideal to do that every day, I mean, there's some days where you just got to go home and go spend time with your kids. And, uh, you know, you've got to take time to make that call to mom, um, talk to your dad, you know, because, you know, for some of us, we don't have the, um, you know, we, we don't have the privilege of having those people around. And, and at some point, you know, we're all headed in that direction. And the last thing you want to do is regret the fact that you, you didn't spend time with those people. Because once they're gone, uh, those opportunities don't come back. So, you know, you know for me, like I said, family, it, it's not only is it important in regard to my immediate family my actual kids, Um, But I feel like everything I do, I I approach it as if the people around me are part of a family. Um, So I don't know, that's, hopefully that answered the question. I don't know. It's kind of a roundabout uh, way, but that's. Well,
1: well, let me ask you is like, just a quick little follow up to that is, do you think that one of the more rewarding parts of your job now as a professor at BW is that you're able to maybe spend more of that time that you emphasize as opposed to um like you said in the summertime there would be days where the hours would be so extensive where you would miss that quality time with your kids
2: oh i'll tell you the first the first year that i um the first year that i taught at bw when when uh we got to finals week i got everything graded and and uh i was like all right like uh, how's this work like do i come to the office um like, uh, do we have, like, hours? We're supposed to... And they're like, no, man, you're done. Like, see you in August. And um, I was, it, 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 it kind of blew me away because I had been trained up to that point to when June, July, like, that's when we used to really ramp it up. So that's when I was, you know, working in football. That's where I was getting into the 60, 80, 100-hour weeks. And to go from that to somebody saying, um, see you in August, it was like, wow, this is crazy. And, um, you know, I guess one of the cruel – cruel ironies of of my my situation right now is and it's gotten better um but that that first year when i got dumped on all that time i think for me kind of the 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 cruel part of it was i had gone through a divorce and as a result i did not have my kids all the time and that that really sucked because it's like man now i've got nothing but time and um we initially were week on week off with all my kids. So I'd go a whole week where I had nothing going on, but my kids weren't around. And, uh, so that was tough. I mean, since that first year it's changed dramatically. I mean, um, I, I've got my, my oldest two are with me full time and, and the youngest, um, you know, we, we still go week on week off with, with, with her, but I, you know, I've made an effort to, you know, coach, you know, be a Girl Scout leader, be whatever I got to do to get time with her, even on those weeks where she's not, you know, quote unquote with me. Um, but, but it's been good. I, I mean, I, I love, I, like, and I, like I said, I started building my schedule out for the summer, um, which I, I'm, I'm committing to a regular schedule. I, I want to get into more regimented schedule. And two of the things that I've added to my schedule is, Uh, you know, I want to eat from 12 to one, which I I promise you, I won't miss that ever. Um, but then from one to two every day, I I'm, I'm dedicating an hour at least every day to do some kind of reading. Okay. And then I want to do an hour of writing, um, towards my dissertation, uh, an hour a day. And then at least for the first two weeks, I've set aside an hour just to write thank you notes. Um, because I feel like I'm a little behind on that. But I want to get thank you notes out to the people who, you know, throughout the year assisted us with, um, you know, guest speakers when we needed them. Um, reaching out to everybody that, that we touched uh, base with when we went on our, our uh, trips to whether it was New York City or um, New Orleans for the national championship game. Just want to reach out to those folks. i had already sent thank yous when we got back, but just to reach out again. And just connect, because I feel like if for people who are looking to build solid relationships and build solid networks, now's the time. And I I just told this to some of my students this morning. Now's the time to reach out to folks um, with handwritten letters, because I tell you what, when, when you're stuck in the house and, and and you feel like you have no control over, over the outside world, I mean, now's the time when it's... Um, probably most important to reach out to people and just let them know that you, you appreciate them because, um, you know, the, the one thing not to get deep in a conversation, um, but the one thing that I'm finding, uh, you know, we're probably going to run into some problems with here. If this continues the way it's been going is, um, I fear for the mental health of, of those people who are around me. And, um, I just think you know, as, as someone like I'm big on big on hugs, big on talking, big on shaking hands, but you know, all that stuff's been kind of taken away, and I feel like you, you've got to strike a balance. Um, you got to find a way to get some of that back, and I think thank you notes and just personal letters and and letting people know, uh, you know, how much they mean to you. I think that's probably more important in the times we're in now than they've ever been. And um, so I, I'm, I'm planning on making sure that um, I, I set aside, I figure for the first two weeks, if I go to an hour, um, I can get caught up. And then after that, I'll probably dial it back to a half hour a day, or, or maybe even just two thank you notes a day. And, um, you know, it's funny, because you're probably thinking, well, how many thank you notes can you possibly write? Well, one of the things I want to do is go back through, I've got my old address book For my Browns alumni, I I do want to make an effort to start reaching out to some of my Browns alumni and just get uh, caught up with them, like find out how their family's doing, how they're doing. I think that stuff's important because that gets back to what I was talking about um, when we talk about family. I mean, when I first started working for the Browns running the alumni department, there was 1,800, somewhere between 1,700 1,800 alumni that were on our list. And um, I used to do... Handwritten Um, when it came to Christmas cards, I always hand signed all my Christmas cards, which a lot of people thought I was crazy because you're writing your name 1800 times. But I'm like, you know what? If it's important enough for me to send a card, it's important enough for me to write my name on the card by myself. And then generally, what I would do is every year I'd set aside like anywhere between 30 and 60, depending on how frisky I was feeling, I'd pull 30 to 60 of those cards aside. And I would throw a personal note in there. Now it took a lot of time to do that, but I feel like my return on that was uh, was immense um, because you know, once again, you know, people appreciated the fact that I took the time, and they they knew how busy we were. They knew how many alumni we had. So for them to to see that, it kind of made things um, a little bit more special for them. and And I feel like I need to get back to that. Um, and, and, you know, quite honestly, one of the things um, I want to work with our sport management club on this. So, Mike, uh, take note. Oh, I'd, president. Like, <laughs> I, I'd like to start getting a more comprehensive alumni database together so that we're, we're doing those, you know, the similar things with our um, sport management alumni. I mean, reaching out to folks and, and finding out how they're doing in their jobs once they get a job. In um, keeping in touch with them. I think that that stuff's important, not just for the networking part of it, but because um, these people are family. I mean, they, they spent four years in our program and, and I feel like um, it's important to keep up with them. Um, that, that's the best way to build the program. So I, I don't know that that's definitely something in, in the, uh, the year to come. I, I really want to make an effort to make that
0: happen. No, I think that would be a great idea for sure.
1: I, uh, I think something that um, I want to touch on before I forget, especially is uh, something that you mentioned uh, earlier, Professor Dick, about family, how um, there are like a lot of kids who like go to BW who f- connect with professors and their friends and view them as like a big part of their family. Because I think, well, at least I'm a firm believer in the idea that family doesn't have to just be Uh, blood relation I think a lot of that has to do with the idea that outside of the people that I live with I don't really have too many family members that I'm close with like aunts uncles that kind of stuff Uh, but I'm extremely close with like my mom dad brother sister and everyone that I live with but um, I think moving around a lot and growing up and getting close and like learning how to maintain those friendships over the years has really taught me that you don't need to be blood related to experience, um, like the kind of relationship that can be classified as family. And I feel like I have a lot of people in my life where, um, like our friendship is so strong that, that I feel like I would honestly be able to run through a brick wall for them or do anything. Um, just in the, like in their well being. just because I, I think if you can do that, then I could, I could truly consider you like a part of my family. Um, <clears throat> and the one thing that I'm going to say is, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen Good Will Hunting. Either of you? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, one of my all-time favorite movies. I'm a huge, huge fan of Robin Williams, and uh, so there's a my favorite movie scene, probably, probably ever in any in any movie, is when he's on the bench with Matt Damon, uh, in the park, and uh, so at this point, Matt Damon like tried to uh, kind of dissect his life apart and said some stuff about his wife, and so Robin Williams kind of basically schools him um, about like what life is. And he says a quote about loss and he says, you don't know about real loss because it only occurs when you've loved something more than you love yourself. I think that part when he says you've loved something more than you love yourself. um, I think to be able to look at someone, whether it be your parents or like your best friend or a significant other, and have that kind of mentality that um, of putting their overall well-being as a priority in your life. I feel like that speaks volumes like that right there as to what family, uh, really means to me.
2: Yeah, I I would, I would agree. I I mean, I think, uh, um, a lot of times you'll find yourself in in a situation where too, it's, it's, you know, and this isn't bashing family, but, but when you talk about, you know, you you don't need to be a blood relative to be, you know, a family man. I, I think of, uh, you know, even people in my life who are not blood relatives, but if, if, you know, the, the chips were down and I had to rely on somebody, um, you you know, to bail me out. I mean, there's a lot of people in my life that are not blood relatives that I know would be there in a heartbeat. And, and to me, you you know, that, that commitment to someone, I mean, it's, it's as, is as close to a family, you know, quote unquote blood relationship as you're going to get. And, um, like I said, there's, there's folks in my life that I know no matter what, um, it, it wouldn't matter what I did or what was going on. I could count on them to be there. Um, if I, if I needed them to be there and, and that to me is, um, you know, the more of those people you can have in your, in your life, the, the, the more, the more enjoyable life is, I think. Um, I, I don't know. It just fact, so. definitely
1: couldn't agree more with that. I think like, being able to make those like relationships that even like people that you may not see like all the time, but you know that like the in terms of like the meeting of that relationship is mutual both ways. Um like regarding just caring about their overall well being, um, no matter what the circumstances are, I feel like to be able to have that is far greater than anything else really, just in life. But um what about you, Mike?
0: Um I mean in- just echoing what you guys said like for me my close friends are family um and I I love my immediate family um we're really close uh which is great um as far as my extended family it's not that um you know I don't love them or anything like that we just simply aren't that close there's no one that really lives um you know near us like they used to when I was growing up most of my family's in either South Carolina or Florida right now so it's just kind of us in northeast Ohio but uh No, I couldn't agree with you guys more in that, um, you know, I know there's certain people in my life that uh, they would do anything for me and I would do anything for them. And it's not even something we, you know, have to discuss. Like, it's just, you know, that they're there for you. Um, I've had friends in my life that I've known since preschool uh, and I've grown up with some great friends I made um, in high school. And obviously people now, at Baldwin Wallace. And uh, I completely agree with you too, Professor Dick, in that I feel like our sport management program is uh, really unique in that I think there is a family type atmosphere. Um, And I've made some, you know, great relationships with people in the program. Um, And I love the fact that I feel comfortable that I can go in and talk to, you know, you or Dr. Sheptak or Dr. Campisi or Dr. Lyons anytime I want and really, I feel like whenever I go and talk to you guys, most of the conversation isn't even about, you know, sports or sport management or anything like that. Um, It's really just about anything. Um, I almost feel indebted to you guys for uh, everything you've done to me so far in just two years uh, done for me. So, I mean, I would consider all of you an extension of my family, uh, my close friends and stuff like that. And, you know, I agree with you, even if it's people that you haven't seen in a while, just reaching out. Um, it makes a world's difference because I, I know for me, relationships with people are important. Um, and I'm huge on loyalty and that sort of thing. So even if it's been a while, I just think, you know, it's important just to reach out and see how people are doing. Um, cause I don't want to lose any of those close relationships I have. Uh, so family for me is extremely important. And I think it extends to all those different facets I just mentioned.
1: And I just to tack on to what Mike said a little bit is um, especially just about the professors like you, Professor Dick and um, King Peasy and Dr. Shepdak and Dr. Lyons. Like, I don't like I'll talk to my friends who go to different schools, whether it be like out of state or um, they go to bigger universities like OSU or Cinci and stuff or Kent State. And like when I talk about like, um, like, like we went to the Cavs game together, like me, you and Peter. Um, I say that, yeah, like I'm at the Cavs game I'm Like, oh, who are you with? I'm like, yeah, I'm with my uh, professor in, um, like, um, and right, like Peter and like Peter right now. And so they're like, what the heck? Like, why are you with them? But it's like, not only do I like view you as without a doubt one of the best professors I've had in any years of schooling, but it's like, quite honestly, like you are a friend like to us. And I think that goes, that speaks greater than just having you as someone who's listed as a faculty member or something because being able to have that relationship is just more than I think any student could really like hope for, whether it be at BW or anywhere else.
2: Well, I, well, I appreciate it. And, and I mean, you, you know, for, for me, I, I think uh, in my, if you, if you hear any panting in the background, it's my dog has joined me uh, apparently. Uh, <laughs> um, you, you know, for me, I, I put it in the same, uh, you, you know, in the same vein, you know, I, I it's thinking back to this, I um, spent a lot of time thinking about this senior class that's getting ready to graduate, um, because for me, and, and it's you know I, I look at these classes the same way I would look at uh, my kids. You, you you don't want to um, you don't want to rank them in any kind of order as as far as you know who I love more or less or whatever. But but I will say for this class that um, this class of twenty twenty that was graduate that is graduating this weekend. I mean the Special bond I have with them is the fact that that's the the first class of freshmen when I came in. So as I came in, even though I had had years of experience in education uh, uh, teaching and I had years of uh, experience in industry, the fact remains that I I was not a college professor until um, you you know their fall of their freshman year. So it's been neat for me to be able to kind of grow alongside them and build relationships um, you you know, alongside them as they, as they went through this program. And, and, uh, to me, that's when I look back and I, I, I've spent a lot of time thinking back to that first day when they all came in the intro and just how, you know, bright eyed and bushy tailed they were, and they were just so eager to dive into this stuff. And, um, you, you know, as, as someone coming, you know, back into, uh, the fold. All I was hoping is, man, I just hope I don't screw this up for these kids, and I hope that we can provide enough opportunities for them to achieve all these. You know, the first day of intro, you, you, you know, the first thing you tell me is, you know, what, what's your goal? Like, what do you want to be? And then, you know, for me, after I leave that class, I'm sitting there thinking, man, you know, uh, am I going to be able to provide enough to get um, these students to where they want to be? And at first, I was nervous about it, but and, and now, obviously. We've gotten a little bit, uh, you know, better with it as time goes on. You you don't feel this panic, like, um, you know, am I going to be able to provide the insight and the knowledge and everything they need? I feel like the program itself um, takes care of that, um, you know, through classes one. But I think the unique thing that we provide, too, is the experiential learning piece, which I think goes, that experiential learning piece, I know some people discount the value of the experiential learning stuff. But I think more than anything, even if you got zero as far as industry knowledge, um, that building the family piece is huge with the experiential learning piece. When I look at folks who are teaching in other departments, I and mean, this isn't to bash any other department, um, I, I, I do take great joy in the fact that I feel like we get to know our students better because of the experiential learning piece. Because we do spend so much time together, and um, I think that's that's a unique piece. And, and you know, um, even if it's something so small as uh, you know, every time I go to a softball game, I see four or five of our students there working. I get to talk to them, or a football game, or whatever. I mean, those that time adds up. And uh, I've said it from day one. Um, you know, as far as my joy in teaching at Baldwin Wallace. It comes from the fact that um, there is such small class sizes, but we have so much opportunity to meet outside the class. Because uh, the the analogy I always use, or the the math I always use, is you know typically we got like twenty four students tops in a class, and the class is fifty minutes long. So if you kind of play with the math a little bit, that means if I were to dedicate, you know, if I were to break that time up equally in a, in a 50 minute class, 24 kids, each kid would get, you know, two minutes of my time to themselves individually. Well, that's not really a, that's not really a a small one-on-one feel, right? So the, that class time, that isn't really where you build the relationship where you build the relationship is taking the time to go to the union and grab lunch with somebody or taking the time, you know, over your Christmas break or whatever to, to dedicate a week you know, give a week back to students or more and, and do the experiential learning trips. That, that's, where, that's where I think we build the real relationships. And I think that's where the real um, sense of family comes from. Um, you know, I look at the spring break trip we did this um, this past spring to New York. I mean, I think that's a great opportunity to just get to know people on a level beyond just, hey, I'm your, I'm your teacher, um, you know, to be able to spend an entire day with someone in a foreign place and we explore it together because, you know, as much as I put the trip together, I mean, a lot of the places we went to, I never been to them either. So, I mean, it's just that, that sense of adventure, that sense of, uh, exploring together. I think that goes a long way towards building that family relationship. And, and it goes a long way, I think towards, um, helping you, um, is is you're building out and getting ready for your professional career um i don't know and i don't know if i'm right with that but i mean that's just my that's just my
0: thought um no and to to jump off that point to professor dick because uh i know like i was a, a part of that new york trip as well and it was awesome viewing all those venues and and stuff like that but i think really too where that family uh, type atmosphere, if you will showed out it wasn't even just going to the venues, which were great, but it was that time we spent like uh you know in the townhouse at night where you would throw on a movie and like uh, all of us would play cards and stuff like that. and I know even uh for those of us that couldn't we got back and I know it was late and everyone was tired but like a decent chunk of that group went to Applebee's to get dinner together like right after we'd been in the car with each other for probably eight hours or so so I mean, I think it's even built in those smaller moments and stuff like that on top of everything else that comes with that trip too. No, I would agree.
1: Yeah. I think, um, I I couldn't agree more with, honestly, like both you guys kind of touched on everything with, uh, like, whether it be the Super Bowl trips or the, um, like I went on like the, like just the alternative spring break trip. Um, I know I wasn't with you guys, but, uh, like you're kind of experiencing those kind of relationships, um, on my civil rights one, I, couldn't agree Even
0: more, at Duke, Andrew. When we were in Duke, that one night that you, me, and Matt McClan stayed up for probably two or three hours in the lobby just talking.
1: Oh I yeah, think it
0: was there too.
1: We touched on. Dang, that was yeah, I forgot about that. That was um. I think we put on. It was like an ESPN Classics was uh. I don't know. I don't know why I remember that part, but um, we put it on in the lobby because I asked for the uh, TV remote. And then uh, we ended up talking about life and um, about a, lot, a lot of different things. Yeah, shout
0: out, shout out Matt McClain Good for I've listening. Hair, career, Thank you for tuning into part one. I hope you enjoyed it. This conversation continues with part two, again with Professor Dick. It should be your next available option on either Spotify or Anchor. Thank you again for tuning in.